Ready to boost sales and grow your business without the BS? Welcome to the Business Growth Show. I'm Sam Dunning, a digital marketing, sales, and business growth evangelist. Tune in and subscribe today as I'll be interviewing business leaders, experts, and entrepreneurs from around the globe. We'll be sharing actionable tips across marketing, sales, and growth without the BS to help you skyrocket your business. And welcome back to a fresh episode of Business Growth Show. I'm excited to be joined by Alex Moscow today. Alex has been helping to position his clients at the very head of their industries for well over a decade. Today, he uses his skills to help the owners of established B2B businesses to achieve their vision by creating content-driven campaigns to influence and attract perfect prospects. He's helped build pipelines worth hundreds of thousands of pounds. Alex, a very warm welcome, sir. How are you doing? I'm very well, Sam. Thank you for having me on. No problem, man. So looking forward to this one. Um, we're going to be talking all about how we can position ourselves as a, the market's go-to expert in our particular market, in our particular industry, which is something that's being talked about a lot, especially when, when I'm scrolling through my LinkedIn feed, when I'm scrolling through social, I see all these different posts about being a, a thought leader, why you need to really know your stuff, why you need to be an expert, um, and all that good stuff. So it's going to be an exciting chat. I think there's going to be a lot that we can bounce off each other and, and talk through and hopefully give a lot of tips to everyone tuning in today. Um, so I want to jump right in and, sure. and start with quite quite a controversial thing, question for you, Alex. Is, is being an expert actually something that our customers or our prospective customers really value and, and really need us to be in, in today's world? So, yeah, great question to kick off with. And uh, I think this is the important thing. With anything in life, uh, it doesn't mean anything to anybody unless it has a value, right? So uh, expert is not something that you can necessarily give yourself. You can't, I mean, you can call yourself an expert, but it's not something that you can necessarily own unless it's been uh, given to you, right? So it's up to somebody else to decide whether you're the expert. And 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 a lot of the time that... Uh, feeling for them has to do with how much value you offer them in terms of that expertise. So in terms of I've got problem A, I need to find a solution to it. If you give me advice that has value and helps me get over that problem, then I'm going to say to myself, yes, you are an expert. So I would say that it's it's absolutely the right thing for people to aspire to, but it's not something you can kind of say, I am. It's something you've got to earn. And the way that you do that, well, I mean, that's something that we'll, we'll talk about in more detail, but there's a number of different ways that you can achieve that status with a given audience. Got it. Understood. No, I think that's a fair summary. So it's something that has to be given to us rather than proclaiming ourselves as experts Perhaps we've, we've just got a new role that's a new field or we've just started a new business. So rather than saying from day one that we are the expert in our industry, it's something we need to earn, something we need to actually build up to, to get to that position. Yeah. <laughs> Makes sense. It is earned, for, for sure. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, let's let's dive into to some some ways that we can actually to make that happen. Um, so, I mean, in, in terms of perhaps we could outline it from from scratch and, and work from the very ground up. So what are some ways that we can, if we're if we're perhaps new to, to our industry or for perhaps not necessarily looked at it too much detail before, what are some actual tips we can actually use to become an expert in, in our specific industry or sector? 
Okay, so so let's start from the very beginning, okay? Uh, and it probably help if I give you a little bit of background on my work and, and how I've got to do what I do today. Um, and uh, so I've been in public relations for 20 years almost, uh, mainly B2B, a lot of technology, but also a lot of professional services, a lot of consultancy kind of driven companies. And I was always the chap and still am the guy who was partnered up by, with the uh, business owner, the senior teams of those client companies. And, and my job was to raise the profile in the media of, of the senior people working in those companies. Um, and the way that the process that I devised in order to do that was first of all, to understand the audience, okay? Because it, any person has a lot of, especially if you've been doing what you've been doing for, for a long time, you've got a lot of insights and knowledge up here. Um, and and a, what a good PR person does is they audit, and they help you to audit that knowledge, right? So, and in order to, to audit it, you've got to first understand the audience that you want to influence and the people that you want to attract. Because when you understand them and who they are and how they're motivated and what they need, then you are able to look at what you know and draw down the things that you can offer that will have value to them. And typically what's happening is that they are, they, there's something that they want. Right. So there's an objective, there's a goal that they, that they seek. And in order to get there, they're coming up against obstacles, obstructions, challenges that they can't get over themselves. And that the reasons for that are many. So, uh, you know, depending on your industry, depending on the people, the obstacles that they face will, will be very much specific to that, to, that, to that niche, if you like. So it's very important to be very specific around the people that you are looking to attract. So does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, so understand your audience, understand who who your actual target target customer is, and then the did you say the the obstacles or the objections that they're likely to face? So the well, the obstacles and the challenges, right? So what's happening is that they're coming up against these challenges. Uh, if they could overcome them themselves, they would, right? But they can't. So they need to go out there and they need to find somebody who can help them. And what they're looking for is somebody they feel ha has been through what they've been through before. Uh, and so uh, so either what they'll do initially, what they'll do is they'll go to somebody they trust. So they'll go to people who have given them good advice before and they'll ask them for help. And what those people will, those people either say, yeah, I can help you with that. I've had this situation before or I've helped somebody else deal with this situation. And this is what we did. And this is how we achieved. And this is the impact that we had. And, and they'll be that, you know, that'd be great. But then. You know, if they go to those people and say, well, actually, I can't help with that, but I, I know a chap who can or I know somebody who can. Right. So they'll either ask for a referral uh, and they'll look uh, and, they, you know, they get introduced to somebody who can potentially help them uh, come, overcome those challenges. Or if they if they can't find uh, somebody to be introduced to, that's when they go looking. Right. And they'll go sure. on to LinkedIn or they go on to Google. Um, and that's where your that's where this the idea of content right so and, and thought leadership and I, I don't love the idea of thought leadership because actually it's you're not trying to achieve thought leadership because that doesn't do anything for anybody what you're trying to do is be valuable to be of value and the way that you do that as i say is to understand the market what they want and then pr provide valuable insights that when people stumble across them they go wow yeah, that, that's right. I get that. That's, you know, that's almost like the first step of my problem. 
and and you've you've defined it really well. You've described it in a way that I could never have done. So what you've done actually is you've helped me to understand my problem just by describing it in a in a very clear and compelling way. And then you've given me a little hint of insight that helps me get edge a little bit further forward. So start gaining momentum to uh, pass the obstacle and towards the goal. And that's when somebody will say, you know, they feel like an expert. And that's when they'll get in touch or they'll uh, interact with a bit more of your content and then they'll they'll come to you. So that that's what I mean. Got it. No, that's, that's awesome. So firstly, understanding our market, understanding the common problems or challenges or frustrations that they have, have you got any any tangible ways, Alex, that we can tap into those? So if we need to perhaps put together a list of our most common problems, common objectives that our customers typically have, uh, a way that we can do that before we go into step two, which will be then creating the content around that. So great question, uh, you know, and absolutely the right question. Uh, how do you start? Where do you go? Well, here's the thing. Uh, and this is it, it's bewildering. Uh, to me, that people don't do this, but they they don't. Uh, uh, the easiest and the fastest and the most effective way to start understanding your audience and what they need and what you know that's of value is to look at your clients, right? The first thing that I would suggest is identify your favorite clients, right? So your favorite clients are those people that you enjoy working with, that you do great work for, that you get great results for, where there's mutual respect, where they uh, give you a problem to solve that you love solving, where uh, they pay you what you're worth to solve those problems, right? So that's the first thing. Identify the clients that you feel may you know, comprise, per that, that, that for you are your perfect clients, they're your favorite clients. And then, yeah. You go into those clients, crazy, I know, but loads of people don't do this, and you speak to them, right? And you, but you ask them searching questions, not about you, certainly not at, at first, but about them. And the, the kind of questions that I'd be asking my clients is, uh, what was it that motivated you to search for my services, not my specific, not me specifically, but you know, if you're, so you're, you do web design, if I'm, if I'm right, right? So you, there's hundreds of potential options for anybody looking for a web designer, but sure. they're gonna have a very specific reason that triggered that compelling event that triggered their search for an expert in your field, right? So you need to understand what that thing is because that, that typically speaks to motivation. It speaks to the thing that they wanted to achieve and the, the problems that they were trying to solve themselves, right? And, and therefore, what triggered their search for those services. So that's really important because when you, you know, although we are unique individuals, our problems aren't unique. You know, if somebody's had them, chances are a hundred other people have had exactly the same problem, right? So you're starting to understand the kind of problem that you solve and you solve well for this perfect prospect because they're a perfect client, right? So that's the starting point. And then you, you start searching. So once you understand that, you understand why it was difficult, what they were struggling with. You then want to understand the process they went through to buy from you, right? Okay. Because, because when you understand their buying process, then you can build a journey that kind of, kind of runs alongside that process. So anybody who's going through the same process, and most a lot of people do go through the same process, you, you can make sure that they 
find you as part of that process. But, you know, it's important to understand how they're buying and wh where they're looking to buy so that you can make sure you show up in those places. Um, but then this is the most, this is a critical bit. You want to find out who else they looked at as in, in addition to yourself, but also why they disqualified those people right because that's important because if you understand the objections they have to your competition you can use that to your advantage but also why they chose you because when you understand why they chose you then you can really bring that to the fore in your marketing you can you know that becomes your strengths it becomes your secret source and then as you move forward you find out what it is that you did that really helps you don't really want to know it's not important about how you do what you do it's more important about what they felt was valuable and then you look at the impact that you had. And that's the real juice there. That's the juice because that's the impact and that's unique to you. Only you can achieve that because you've done it. And if anybody else wants that, then who else are they going to go to but you to get it? Yeah, there's some real gold in there, Alex. And that's something I've been uh, banging the drum, tooting the horn about in uh, for the last few weeks. So really good stuff. So essentially understanding who our very best clients are so the the type of work we actually want more of not not the the clients that perhaps are frustrating us or not giving the revenue we need or supplying the type of work we want to be doing more of but the actual pinnacle the the top tier clients we want to be working with to grow our business and then yes. it sounds like interviewing them or setting up a call with them is that what it looks like or organizing a time to sit down with them and have these kind of chats absolutely 100% there is no better new business uh, uh tool if you like or approach than going in and actually sitting down with and speaking to your clients and finding out now the, that's where the problem also lies not in that uh the actual interview but people's mindset around talking to their clients uh right I, i've interviewed hundreds of my clients clients um and there's two things that i found one is that people are happy to talk to you. Uh, and if you do a good job for them, and you clearly have, right? Otherwise you wouldn't be talking to them or looking at them as potential kind of interview. Sure. Uh, then they they will tell you stuff that you, I promise you have never heard before and don't realize. And the stuff that you can get is so wonderfully valuable. But people are nervous. I think they're nervous about what they well first of all i think they're nervous about they, they think they're going to be annoy their client they think they're going to put the client out uh and the client and the client's going to be like miffed and they've asked for half an hour 45 minutes of their time that never ever happens uh second thing they're worried about what they might hear. now i would suggest this that on the whole you're going to hear a lot of positive stuff but if some negative stuff comes out as well well, that's not a problem. That's a good thing because then you can deal with it because these are good yep. clients. These are people that like you. So if there's some negative stuff there, well, then by clearing that stuff up, they're just going to like you more. So, you know, I, I have never been in a situation where, uh, you know, it's been a difficult conversation or they, they felt put out by it. And if anything, you get all this great insight. Plus, you can ask for a referral at the end of it because you can say to them, you know, it sounds like we did a good job for you. And they say, yes, you did a wonderful job. Well, that's fantastic. And it sounds like that was the problem you had and that's what we helped you solve. Oh, yeah, that's exactly it. Well, who else do you know that's got that same problem? And then they, you know, spill the beans on it. So, you know, it's it's a really powerful exercise for a lot of reasons. And so if you are concerned about doing it, I would say don't be concerned. But if you really don't want to do it, then get somebody else to do it for you.
it sounds like a win-win from what you've said there. Because like you say, if, if it's clients you've, you have done a good job for and you're happy, then even if they do give you some negative or constructive feedback, at least you can actually tackle the, address, the issue there and then and make sure something's done about it rather than, as many of us have done in the past, just leave it to the last minute. And that's when, <laughs> that's when they might be looking at another vendor and it's, it's really too late. Yeah. Well, and I tell I tell you one more thing, right? That 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 is incredible that I found with these interviews, uh, and this is something that that nobody sees coming, uh, and that is because you've talked through the project from inception to conclusion. So from if you like pain to pleasure, and you've helped them come to an awareness of the journey they've been on and what they've learned on that journey then typically they get something out of it and something really positive because they get insights into their business that they might not have considered. And it's amazing how often I'll have finished an interview with a client and they will thank me for the interview because of what they've got out of it. Awesome. And I guess you could go one step further, Alex, and record it if they're open to it and then use that video or audio footage as as part of your testimonials on your website, your case studies and and all, all sorts, which I'm sure we can dive into in a sec. Business Growth Show is sponsored by Vidyard. In today's digital world, getting the attention of key prospects can be a tricky task. Emails and phone calls are often ignored, and meeting up in person is rarely an option. And that's exactly why tools like Vidyard have become so effective. Vidyard is a free app that makes it easy to record and send custom video messages that truly stand out and generate more responses. It's a great way to introduce yourself to showcase your personality and to create a more personal connection from your very first outreach. You can sign up for your own free account today at vidyard.com forward slash BGS to start sending your very own video messages. That's vidyard.com forward slash BGS. The show is also sponsored by Web Choice. Are you tired of hunting for clients? You could be missing out on regular inbound opportunities all because your website isn't on the first page of Google. Perhaps you're already spending money on marketing, but your website is failing to convert your hard-earned visitors into a consistent flow of leads and sales. Want to learn more about WebChoice's unusual approach that brings idle clients straight to you? Book a free digital marketing assessment today at webchoiceuk.com. That's webchoiceuk.com. Awesome. So we've, we've interviewed our ideal clients. We've understood what motivated them to reach out to us specifically in the start, the the problems they struggled with, what their buying process was, why they eliminate, eliminated other competitors and why they specifically chose to work and do business with us. And then perhaps yeah. chatting a bit more about how they found it, any issues along the way and so on and so forth, maybe get a few referrals out of it. We've done that. How can we now use these insights that we've gained to attract more new clients that are just as good as those? Okay, so great question. Uh, and, and this bit's tougher to do, but uh, but but is 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 a hundred percent worthwhile and 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 you should do. If you need to get some help with it, then you know I highly recommend you doing so because this is the absolute key. Now let's start with a couple of crazy stats, right? Uh, let's start with this one. And I I'm trying to remember exactly, it's at like 98% of content is ignored. Right. That means that the vast majority of people out there creating content, whether it's B2C, B2B, are essentially wasting their time because most of it doesn't get engaged with. Nobody 
really sees it. So it is, you know, I'm always going to be an advocate of, of content because it's my stock and trade. It's what I do. But you have to be very careful and you have to be very strategic and very intelligent in the way that you create that content. Because if you don't find the right things to talk about, you are going to waste your time because people just don't have time to interact with the stuff or engage with stuff that's of no use to them. And the thing is that, uh, you know, we've been, so I've been working in this industry since the millennium. Uh, and that was pretty much, you know, the when the internet really started to come into its own uh, and, and we had the internet boom and bust. But the point is that the internet has been around for a while now. And we have got, uh, you know, we're bombarded on a daily basis. Uh, by different people trying to grab our attention. Uh, and what we've become very good at over that time is creating a defense mechanism. And that defense mechanism is so well honed that in a microsecond, somebody can very, they can work out whether that piece of content is useful to them or not. Uh, and so, you know, you don't have any leeway here. If your content's bad, it will get ignored. If it's good, somebody will engage with it. So, but you've got a microsecond almost to, to, to help them make their mind up. And that's typically to do with the headline. Uh, and if the headline's good, that will engage them. But then if it can't, so you, uh, I'm sure you, you know clickbait, right? So if it's clickbaity, headline grabs, but then the rest of it's tosh, then you're going to lose them. And that's really bad for you because then, you, you know, you've lost them forever. Uh, so it's, you know, it's about grabbing them with the headline and then, and then the content needs to, to follow through and, and actually deliver on the promise. Uh, but here's the thing. So you, you asked me, how do you identify the stuff that's going to be of, of real interest, right? How do you, so we'll talk about packaging in a minute, but how do you identify that stuff? Well, let's have a look at the conversation that you had with your client. Right now, as we move through our careers and as we uh, build experience and expertise in what we do, we typically build our own insights that we then put into our approach, right? That we, that we engineer into our approach. And the reason that we do that is because by doing so, it enables us to get to results quicker. It means that the results we get are much better. And it means that we serve our clients in the best way possible. Uh, and so really what we're trying to do is to distill those insights, to work out what, so here's the big one, right? What is it that you know that your market needs to know that it doesn't know? And the way that you identify that stuff, one of the ways, and this is why the client interviews are important, is your clients will talk to you about the problems that they had. And when you understand the problems that they've got and your knowledge, your, the insights you have about how they can overcome those problems, then that's the stuff you need to start tapping. But the first thing that you need to tap is the problem that they're struggling with. Because do you remember I said earlier, that when you come across somebody who can describe your problem better than you can and bring clarity around that problem, that's the stuff that really engages. When somebody comes across a piece of content that promises to describe and illuminate a problem and then solve it, they're going to read that content or they're going to watch that content or they're going to listen to it. So that's why speaking to your clients is so important because they'll give you the kind of ballpark the playing field that you're going to operate in and they'll start telling you about the key topics that you need to focus in on.
Got it. Okay, so putting this into a tangible perspective that we could do. So you mentioned at the start of that, Alex, that we've got, especially me included, a very, very small span of attention. So we'll see something. So if we're talking in the B2B space, we're talking about LinkedIn at the moment on the text-only posts. I believe you've only got three lines of heading for each post. And then you've got the option to click read more, either on your mobile, on your PC, and then you can see the full extent of that post. So if we're talking about LinkedIn, then you've only got those those lines. If you're talking about a Google ad, then you've only got a few lines of text, likewise with the Facebook ad, Instagram ad. So we've got such a limited caption to grab people's attention before they click to read more, click our ad to drive to our website, our landing page, whatever the specific motivation is for that piece of content to then drive a click through. Yes. To get our initial result. So we've got to think about Let me stop you there for a second, Sam. You do not have those three lines. Those are the lines that show up, but you've mm. got one line to grab people's attention. So that first line needs to smash it. Yep. So to put this into practice, so we need to need to understand the the key key problems that our customers have explained to us. But perhaps you could share an example that you've used, maybe Alex, in the past of how we can actually put that into that one line. Are we just literally writing this customer had this problem, or are we putting it into a story format? or are we putting it into something slightly different? So story formats work really, really well. Um, I, I've done a, a lot of training over my career, and, and one, one bit of training that I did was uh, with Dale Carnegie. Now, uh, it's an organization that's grown up around the content that was created by Dale uh, you know, almost a, a century ago now, I think it was. I think he was operating in the 1920s or you know, certainly in the early part of last century. He wrote the book, How to Win Friends and, and Influence People. Uh, and, and when I was doing that training, I learned a format for delivering a story that kind of sells an idea and gets people engaged. And I think it's a really powerful format that we can use today. So it's just one of the ways that you can uh, grab people's attention. But the way that you do it is you bring people straight into the story with a quote, right? You might wanna use something that somebody has said to you that uh, kind of sparks interest, right? So I might write uh, a quote from a client and it might be something like, wow, I never thought that would work, right? Or, you know what, Alex, I tried what you told me and it just worked like gangbusters, right? So, or you might say, what was it? So uh, recently I did a, a case study interview for a client. And when I told the client what, the, what their client had told me, they were like, wow, did they really say that? And so what you're doing is you're bringing people into the story, but you're bringing them smack in right at the most important point of that story. And you're kind of setting, uh, you know, getting them curious. What, what, what was that? What do they mean by that? What, what's going to happen next? So yeah. that's one way you can do it. Another way is with a, with a question. Questions are really good, right? Because we are, uh, you know, we're, we're, when we're at school, uh, when we're asked a question, we're programmed to answer that question, right? Uh, so, uh, you know, you ask somebody a question at the beginning of the post, what are they gonna do? They're gonna wanna answer it, but they're gonna look at what you, what other people have said as well, right? So, so questions are very good, kind of quotes are really good, uh, facts are really good, so statistics, great way to start a post. Anything that drags people straight in. It's like, um, it's like a good movie, right? 
You need a movie doesn't start at the beginning of a story. It starts at the most important point in that story. So it grabs your attention immediately. Got it. Okay. So we're we're grabbing attention. We're peaking curiosity with the with the very start of the, the piece of content, the post, or whatever form of media or advertisement we're we're going after. How are we at implementing the trust element that we talked about at the start? How are we getting people to trust? not only that we're an expert, but we actually know our stuff. So the problem we're proclaiming that we can help with, we actually can help with. So that's, that's, that's a great question. And uh, uh, first thing, right, that's never going to happen with one piece of content ever, no matter how good that content is. What that one piece of content could potentially do is take you a long way to trust for certain, because if it's really good, uh, you know, if it's all... Uh, no white paper. When I say white paper, I'm not talking about a very technical document. I'm talking about something that somebody might have downloaded off your website, you know, and that can be a bit meatier. And if they get through that and they're like, this is just genius, then, then you know, you've gone a long way to building that credibility and trust. But credibility and trust is a journey. Uh, and it needs to be uh, something that uh, you bring everything to bear on, right? So this is something that's very pertinent to your industry as well and what you do. So credibility and trust comes from what you say and do. It comes from what people say about you. And it comes from uh, how you show up. So it might be uh, you know, I was listening to a, a brilliant podcast the other day with uh, one of my uh, sales mentors, a guy called Marcus Kalki, who I know you know very well, um, and a guy called David Premier, who wrote a book called um, uh, To Sell the Way That You Buy. And he, in, in, in that conversation, they talk about the importance of tone, right? So when I talk about showing up, I'm talking about the confidence that you that you exude uh and and uh the the security and the comfort that you exude because you know people can very quickly pick up if you don't feel 100 confident about what you're offering or selling and if they pick that up then you're going to have a hard time convincing them but then so it's 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 how you show up it's what you say it's what other people say about you but it's also the look and feel of every 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 uh, kind of touch point, so your LinkedIn profile, your website pages, uh, your you know what your YouTube and all that kind of stuff. I mean, I'm sure you you know you know more about this kind of thing than I. But the importance of a beautifully designed web page that has the right personality. Got it. No, that that all makes perfect sense. So, and I love what you said there, Alex. That credibility and trust is a journey. So. Um, that's that's pretty much what I was, what I was hoping you're going to say. Unless you're going to give us a super ninja hack to to build trust and and get about hundred leads off one magical piece of content, which would be which would be lovely. But I think I'm I think I'm dreaming there. So yeah, it's a, it's a journey, and yeah, that's certainly something I've experienced from my point of view and LinkedIn, LinkedIn posts, especially. It's it's quite often the case which. If you're in the B2B space and you're you're posting on LinkedIn and you're doing all that good stuff that you mentioned, you're you're peaking curiosity, you're talking about the problems that you tend to solve, you're sharing insights. Um, so you're actually giving people small little tidbits, little nuggets of how they can kick more ass, really, get better at their job, get better at their day to day. And so when the time comes that they actually need help with this specific problem, this specific issue, you're the one that they that's top of mind because you've built that trust over time. And as we know. Uh, in the buying journey, it takes around seven or more touch points before someone's ready to do business with you. So whether they've seen you on LinkedIn, whether they've seen a Google ad or organic, organic result on Google, some other kind of advertisement, or they've 
spin on your website or your landing page and then that that final little tipping point that when they're ready to give you a call or fill out an inquiry form or, or do some business with you so yeah that's that's all really 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 good stuff man and that that makes perfect sense cool Cool. So yeah, moving forward, I mean, um, we've talked talked essentially about how we can interview our ideal customers, how we can provide these insights, how we can wrap this all up into a, into a powerful formula. Is there anything else that we need to to bear in mind, or any things to to wrap up, Alex, that we should consider when we're trying to put all this that we've discussed into play? Yeah, I think there is, uh, and I think this is this is this is a key thing, right? So it's it's all about repetition. And consistency okay so as, as we've said you're never going to get the results you're looking for from one thing uh, or doing it once right so uh, you know it's something that you know, people seem to be very good at creating stuff but they can get very nervous about communicating that stuff distributing it sending it out so you know if you're going to spend your time doing it you've got to get it out there that's what I would say number one but the thing that I think that a lot of people miss um, is calls to action right so you you have to if you, you have to ask somebody to do something because if you don't ask them to do it they're not going to do it right so you can have lots of great content out in the world but if you're not asking anybody to do anything then you know you're you're kind of putting it on them to come to you right and and some people might and if the content's good enough then they will uh but you need to help them on that journey and and, and again it it is a journey, right? The whole buying uh, process is a journey and you have to help people on that journey. You have to signpost it as well as possible and you have to get them moving along that journey so that they, that they, that they make it. And it's a joined up process, right? It's, you have to understand where, where you want to get people to and where they're going to start. And then you have to make sure everything is joined up so that they actually get there, right? So that's give you an example of that. I've got a, uh, a a guide and a little ebook on my website. It's all about how you tell stories that sell, right? Which it basically what it looks at is why a lot of case studies lack power and how you can tell those stories so they have the, the biggest impact possible, right? Now, most people won't know that that's on my website. So what I would do on LinkedIn and what I do do is when I, so I write a lot of posts, posts about storytelling, about case studies and that kind of thing. But at the end of every single post, I will say, I, I have written a guide for you all about this that goes into more detail. Click this link or link in the comments uh, and, and come and download it, right? Because I know that that's, I need, that's what I need people to do. That's the, start, the first step of their journey. Well, the first step was them having a look at my stuff on LinkedIn. The second step, coming to the website and downloading something, and then they're inviting me to build a, a relationship with them. And then the whole time you'll think about, right, how do I get them further and further down in down the funnel to the sale? And that's gonna change depending on your business and your, your customer, but it's the journey that's important. Definitely, love that. And I think it's something that businesses are guilty of doing too much of. And what I mean by that is making it too difficult for people to do business with them which is something I talked about in one of our earlier podcasts with, with Daryl Prell. And what I mean by that is just like you said there, Alex, give give the call to action. So in your case, saying look, in, in the comments below on this LinkedIn post, there's there's a link to download this guide and that's going to help them learn for, further. And like you say, you can add them then to your email list, over time nurture them. And the chances are over time, many of those people that sign up may well come to you when they're ready to for, for your help to do some business with you. And Likewise, if that, that can be applied to many, many assets, whether it's digital, whether it's offline, it's all about making it not only doing all these things that you say. So um, 
building trust, proving that you are an expert, proving you understand your ideal customers' problems and how you can actually attack those and, and make their lives, make their business better, but then actually driving the action. So actually allowing them to get in touch, you making it as easy as possible for them to either sign up to your ebook, give you a call, fill out an inquiry form. So don't do all that hard work and then hamstring yourself because you're literally making it so difficult for someone to do business with you, whether that's your website, whether that's LinkedIn, whatever the channel is, just make sure you don't obstruct yourself by making it so difficult for someone to find an email for you or find a number for you. Absolutely. And I would, I would one thing that I would add to that, Sam, because I, I see this a lot and it, and it just surprises me that people do this, right? Know what it is that you're going to put behind a form and the stuff that you're that you're going to make freely available, right? Don't put your case studies behind a form, right? I understand why you might do that because the case study is valuable and, and you, you think people are going to want to read it. But that's the stuff you want people to get access to easy peasy, right? Because that's the stuff you definitely want them to see. Now, if it's something of value like a, a guide or a, an infographic or whatever it is, put that behind the form because then they're your, it's a like-for-like like swap. It's like you're asking for their email address and they want something of value that's going to help them. Okay. Case study, that's going to help you. Don't put that yep. behind a form. Great point. Definitely agree. I mean, it's got to be quite a hefty piece of content, hasn't it? I reckon to to ask for someone's name and email, not just just a simple one page on your website or something like that. It's got to have a bit of bang for your for your buck, if if you know what I mean. A yes and no. So what I would say is this, okay? So as we as we know, people have got different attention spans, and so that's mm. why it's so important to talk to your customers because they'll tell you everything that you need to know to sell to them. And one of the things they'll tell you is the kind of the kind of content they like to look at, uh, the format that it's in, and uh, and 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 how bulky it needs to be. Because if you think about it, well, uh, you know, I work with a lot of CEOs. Uh, these people do not have a lot of time or uh, they don't, certainly don't ha have a lot of attention. They don't, they don't suffer uh, their time being wasted, right? So, you know, so, so sometimes actually what can be really useful and it can appear on one page, but you could give somebody an entire process on a page as a mind map, say. And now I found that's that's been a very powerful tool because somebody can look at, they're not giving them any details. So you're not giving them too much but you're kind of giving them an entire process that they can look at and they can say, well, I, I understand some of that. I don't understand that. I need to find out more about that. Some people like videos. Some people like detail. We know that technical people typically like long form content. Uh, they like to read technical. Uh, CEOs don't. They like videos. They like something they can listen to later. So you know, be very aware of your, your, your audience. That's a really good ad understanding actually how your your ideal customer likes to consume content absolutely so really good alex really enjoyed this conversation man thank you so much for coming on it's it's been a good chat and i'm sure i've, I've certainly learned a few things i'm sure everyone tuning in has as well um please do let us know how we can learn from you how we can connect with you tell us a bit more about your business and the best way we can get in touch so uh i would say uh have a look at go to find your uh, it's a, a new part of my nine millimeter PR business. And it's very much so now if you think PR is all about creating great content and getting it through the media and on different social channels uh, and certain people are ready for that. 
I think the kind of people we're talking about today are, are still at very much at square one. They're looking at trying to work out what it is that they know uh, that's of value, how it is that they can attract people. They're still trying to kind of work out what it is about that, you know, they're mining the gold of their business. And I think so we created Find Yourself Sweet Spot as a place for people to come through a process that will get them to a place where they're ready to do the marketing. And on, on that website, I've got a free guide, as I say. So uh, it's called How to Tell Stories That Sell. It's on the homepage if you scroll down and you'll be able to click on the link and, and, and download the book. And basically what it does is it describes how to tell a story in a way that's going to engage people and, and establish you as an expert in your field. And I, just to give you one tip from the book, and it's probably one of the most important, it's this. Your case studies, the stories that you tell are not about you, you are not the star. It's easy to think that you should be the star because you did the work and therefore you're the expert in hell, it should be about you. But it isn't, it's never about you, it's always about your client or your customer and therefore every story you've got to tell has got to be about them. And the example I always give is uh, if you've seen Star Wars or you've seen the Karate Kid you know those the stars of those shows is Luke Skywalker and Daniel right it's not Mr Miyagi and Yoda uh, but if you watch the Karate Kid and you want to learn karate where are you going to go you're going to go to Mr Miyagi's school of, of, of karate right so always take the back seat and always make your customer the star Love that, Alex. Really good stuff. Thanks so much for coming on once again, man. Really appreciate it. Cheers, Sam. Thanks for having me on. I really enjoyed it. Cheers. Cheers. And if you enjoyed the show, be sure to follow and subscribe to the Business Growth Show on your podcast channel of choice or on YouTube. We interview business leaders each and every week to provide actionable tips to make best use of marketing, grow your business, grow yourselves. And thanks once again for tuning in.